Today's Hope FM Breakfast Show is brought to you by Ace Office. For business supplies and office furnishing, visit ace-office.co.uk. Joining me this morning is my special guest, Dr. David Young. Good morning, David. Good morning, Ian. Thank you for having me. Uh, You're very welcome. Have you ever been to this studio before? No, I haven't. I remember the studio when it was in Westover Road. I went there once for uh, an interview. Oh, right. Yeah, well, that's quite a while ago, so we're pleased to be here. Now, the first time that we met, um, you were working in all things finance uh, in the city, but your background didn't really connect with that when I was thinking about it. So you studied something rather different than finance. I certainly did. In fact, I have to confess I never studied finance. I learned on the job. But uh, I studied philosophy and theology. Yes, I did. Uh, so why did you do that? Well, I'd grown up in a Christian home uh, and it, uh, surrounded by Christian friends and relatives. And I'd come to understand that you know, not everybody believed. And of course, we had other religions. But also, I grew up during the time of the Troubles in Northern Ireland and was wrestling with this terrible, um, the tragedy of the conflict between Christians and Catholics. You know, how could it be? And then there were lots of people, of course, who were atheists. And so I wanted to dig down and try and get to some foundation of faith. Could one use reason to try and embed a faith? And could one use uh, reason to try and get people who are fighting to agree? I hate conflict. I hate war. Mm-hmm. And so that was the hope, that, 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 that by looking at philosophy and looking at theology, one could dig down and get to a point where you could sort of almost compel assent to a set of values that would bring us peace in our troubled world. So where did you study? I went to Oxford. Right. Uh, I was at Balliol College, and um, my uh, philosophy tutor was actually Anthony Kenny, who was a distinguished philosopher who had been a Jesuit priest, but had actually moved away from his faith. So that was quite challenging. But I had a great theology tutor, Peter Hinchliffe, who was a church historian. Uh, and, and actually, we ended up writing a book together called The Human Potential. Oh, you never mentioned that to me before. It's <laughs> uh, a long time given, ago. You've never given me a copy of it either. Well, I, well, I must. I must, because <laughs> uh, you have graciously given me a copy uh, of your book. Oh, right. Well, put it on the list for, for certain. So there you are, studying philosophy and theology and wrestling with all those problems. So where was the transition that gets you from that into the world of finance? Well, I firmly believed... You know that the Bible's all about life. It's, it's it's. I think of it as a chart, like, like a marine chart. I love sailing, so you know I know how important it is to have a, a chart when you go sailing and you face rocks. And the Bible's all about navigating life, and it makes sense of all aspects of life. I was convinced of that, and 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 I felt that where we needed to demonstrate the biblical truth is where the rubber hits the road. One area where the rubber hits the road is where we make a living. And I'd grown up in a Britain torn by industrial strife you know the 70s we're getting back to it now we and 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 i was wanting to help find peace in the world of work and aware that i think we are very um we struggle in britain with really the legacy of what's a feudal system we have a class system we have a class system that runs through uh, government it runs through business uh and, and it runs through our education and in the world of business it seemed to me we needed a lot more community 
And there were some shining examples of community, like the John Lewis Partnership, like the Mondragon Experiment in Spain. And I felt convinced there must be more cooperative ways of doing business. But, and I've been to Poland and I, in, in, under the Soviet Union, as it then was, and I've been to East Berlin and I'd seen, you know, people queuing outside butchers' shops for a single sausage on a plate. I could see that communism wasn't able to meet needs, but, but equally, capitalism as we know it uh, is, is very, um, has, has, has many unattractive features, particularly if it becomes monopolistic uh, and big business can be very damaging. So it seemed to me we needed a more cooperative way of doing capitalism. And so I wanted to try and put my shoulder to that wheel and knowing nothing about business, uh, I decided to get into strategy consulting. And as it happened, I joined Bain and Bain had just been retained by Guinness to help the new chief executive get his arms around the business. And I was in a little group that had to look at a business a week and come up with a view on whether to sell it, liquidate it or not. Because Guinness had 100 businesses that were nothing to do with beer. Oh, really? Yeah. The family had diversified based on the whims of all the directors and their wives into all sorts of things. Right. So they had jojoba breeding plants for cosmetics. They had topper sailing boats and, and whatnot. So I had to. I was in a little team that had to take a business, and we can come up with a view on what to do with it. Got interested in mergers and acquisitions, and what happens when a business gets sold, and how you can put groups together and maybe build a culture. Uh, if you had a good culture and you could take over ailing firms, wouldn't that be wonderful? So mm -hmm. that was the sort of vision uh, that took me into mergers and acquisitions. I then got offered a job by another consulting firm that had an M and A group. They were based in Paris, and off I went there and got involved in mergers and acquisitions and learning how businesses are valued and put together. And that became very fascinating. And then I met my wife over there, my sadly now ex-wife, um, who was Italian. And we went off to, we were transferred to New York. And I got progressively engrossed in mergers and acquisitions. Went to Goldman Sachs, learned about the auction process. Uh, and, and, and really got sort of pulled away by the currents of needing to provide for a family, thinking that money was the answer to every problem, wanting to earn more and more, and then got brought up sharp uh, when I was back in England. They moved me back to England. I was now with another bank. Um, and it was the time of when Yugoslavia fell apart and we had... Uh, ethnic cleansing in Europe, which you know we thought could never happen again, uh, and also as it happened, a neighbour across the road who had a lovely family committed suicide one sunny morning, and that was just such a shock to us because we hadn't seen that coming. So those two things, at a personal level and national level, got me suddenly very clear that there's evil in the world, and that evil can get a grip, and that evil can carry people and nations away, which is, of course, exactly what the Bible says over and over again in the Old Testament. That brought me back with a bump, really, to uh, my faith, and I realized I drifted away from the truths of the Bible, and I wanted to come back to it, because the Bible talks about the reality of evil, and we're seeing the reality of evil more and more clearly these days. And that was the 
ever popular Zach Williams with No Longer Slaves. So, in fact, John, um, as we were talking there, David, um, you, you've been in the world of business with uh, mergers and acquisitions. Um, you had a, a very strong faith. You were very interested in the fact of uh, the way that tensions between people really had uh, 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 become really significant and wanted to do something about that. Um, and I, I know you talked to me about last year uh, doing a TED talk. Now, some people may not <laughs> yeah. know what those are. So tell us about your TED talk. Yeah, well, t TED's an interesting platform. I think it stands for technology, education and something or other. But anyway, if you go online and you look for TED talks, you'll find that there are talks on every subject under the sun and the idea is uh, and the t the, this is this organization it's a sort of charitable organization it gives a platform for people who want to put the ideas out there that hopefully are helpful uh, as I say under any conceivable subject um, and I applied to Edinburgh which because Edinburgh University puts on TED Talks uh, and they had a theme that was sort of relevant to do with what's going on in the world and how do we make sense of it and i'd been thinking a lot over previous years uh about all the d divisive disagreements some of which had come close to sort of wrecking good friendships of mine and had, had torn families apart uh, i mean brexit of course we're familiar with that whole saga and how how bitter uh, those divisions got and still are to some extent of course uh but but then we had the whole pandemic thing and and, and attitudes to the lockdown attitudes to vaccine particularly vaccine mandates you know i hope that whether or not we, people were for these so-called new vaccines or jabs we could agree that we shouldn't force them on people surely that was the point of nuremberg uh and yet there were moves there were announcements you know by germany or austria that they were going to mandate vaccines and i was very upset by this and had had a had an argument actually with my, my well i raised it at dinner with my brother uh when i happened, i was on my way up to scotland when that announcement came out and i was so distressed about it i couldn't help surfacing the issue and we almost fell out uh, and i'd almost lost my best friend from university over over the whole brexit issue so I was reflecting about why are agreements so intractable? It seems to me disagree disagreements are proliferating and they're becoming deeper and they're becoming more divisive. And I wanted to th try and get to the bottom of it. And so I put, did some research. Um, I was prompted by some of the things my friends had said to me. I mean, he didn't trust the internet at all. So I started looking at sources and I started understanding that Google, you know, has an algorithm that will feed you a result to your Google search, which is different from the result I'll get to my Google search for the same topic because it knows our interests are different. And so actually on the internet, we're starting to live in different headspaces, which makes it difficult. And also, of course, we're, we have different sources of information. You may read one you know, you may follow the mainstream news. I may supplement that with other things. So it's very hard when our assumptions are different to reach agreement. So anyway, I thought to myself, what if we could harness the power of disagreements and find some good in them? And I came up with the idea of a sort of a hand signal. If you put your th thumb, your first finger, your second finger out all at right angles. Uh, I think what we should be doing in disagreements is honoring the truth that's at stake 
uh, honouring the disagreement itself, because so often we're tempted to agree to disagree, but that is actually just throwing the disagreement overboard. Uh, that is parking the disagreement, it's not resolving it. So we need to honour the disagreement because the disagreement is about something that matters, not just to you or to me, but probably to millions of people. So we need to take the time to try and tackle it. And then we need to honor each other and honor the fact that you have a different worldview from me, you have different sources of information, you have a different perspective. If we take the time and we do honor each other and exchange, we can learn from each other. And then we'll have a richer understanding. And maybe we'll understand each other's motives. And maybe we'll even come to agreement. But um, that's all very important. And I think we should greet disagreements, therefore, as opportunities, not, not as something we groan about and want to park. But, but that we should say that a disagreement is great because there's gold, there's relationship, there's energy, and there are assumptions we need to explore because assumptions hold the key to where and why we disagree. And finally, let's understand it's going to take time to resolve disagreements. And how do you see that in terms of the Christian faith? Well, I think, of course, the fundamental point about the Christian faith is we need to honour God, and we'll go badly adrift if we don't, and we need to honour each other. I mean, Jesus distilled the whole Bible, didn't he, into two commandments, love God and love your neighbour as yourself. And what we're losing in all this terrible strife that we're faced with on so many fronts these days is the honouring of God and the honouring of truth and the honouring of each other. 